Welcome to Season 2 of Shock Your Potential. This podcast is designed to help you to achieve your best self professionally and personally. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. My guests bring a wealth of experience, and their stories hold messages that transform me with every conversation. I seek out those whose businesses, lives, and causes challenge me to be my best, and hopefully, they will impact you just as much. I'm an author and speaker on leadership, sales, and the customer experience, and I want to help you to shock your potential. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And now, let's meet our next guest. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My guest today, her name is Jenny Hawks, and she is responsible for an incredible organization called My Brother's Workshop. And she is on the beautiful island of St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And her mission is something that I think is going to speak to all of us, especially those who want to help our communities to be stronger and to shock their potential farther and faster, both as a community and for the individuals who live within it. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Jenny, tell us about My Brother's Workshop. What is it? Why are you, you know, committed to this, this passion project? And, you know, what about your organization is designed to shock the potential of the people that you work with and for? Sure. So My Brother's Workshop was founded in 2007, basically with the concept of um, everyone needs a job. Uh, our founder had retired and moved down to the Virgin Islands, and he saw some young men on the corner without employment opportunities. And he said, how about I get us some jobs and I'll just pay you whatever we make. And so that's when my brother's workshop was created. And he started with four students. Now we see over 150 a year. And so we do job training and job placement. But we really focus heavily on mental health and counseling and mentorship. And then even getting your education if you don't have your high school diploma through traditional means. That's, it's really, it's a great mission because it's it's something that's that's challenging um, on so many levels, but, you know, specifically the young people that you're working with, and I know you, you know, you're talking about employment, but it's even more than that, you know, because the, the people that you serve they're they have other challenges that maybe some of us don't face. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, who specifically you are reaching out to? Absolutely. Well, and you just hit the um, nail on the head with that statement is that Our students need employment opportunities because everybody needs a job. Everybody needs to make money. But if we can't get you to a safe place in your life to where you can make healthy, positive decisions, then what's the point of your job? You're probably going to lose it or it's not going to go well for you. Um, So we've had teens that have been homeless before um, or that, you know, aren't being able to feed themselves. And so they go to work hungry. And so we try to focus on everybody as an individual. What are the issues that you're facing? Some have learning disabilities, physical disabilities. Some of our trainees have been involved in gang activity. So they have court involvement. So they may even have felonies and records. So, you know, obtaining an employment with a record is really tough. 
and it's you know i i'm really i'm really impressed by what you're doing on so many levels and and the first is because you're right everybody does need a job and there's something about the the self-confidence that that gives you to know that you know you're you're earning a paycheck that you're making a difference and and beyond that that you're involved in something that's greater than you and with youth you know that that challenge is even you know it's, it's more, I want to say that challenge is more challenging, but I guess that's the right thing to say, because, you know, if you don't have not only the right safety situation, but maybe you don't have the right role models around you, maybe you're, you know, hanging with the wrong, you know, group of people that aren't moving you towards a positive destiny. It's so hard to see things as simple as a job as something that you can attain. And yet when you offer them opportunities, it has to have huge impact implications on their entire life. Absolutely. Well, at, at my brother's workshop, we basically become family. Um, young people come to us, they'll ask us questions on how do I fill out my tax return? Maybe that's the first time they've ever, you know, received income to where they were a taxpayer. Mm-hmm. We'll have other kids come to us and they're trying to buy a new vehicle or, or are they having kids with the person that they're in love with or so we, we basically become, you know, substitute moms and dads, or I like to say the older sister, <laughs> uh, <laughs> whenever I'm talking to the trainees. But uh, it, it's really inspiring when you get to know each person and, and see the progress that they make, which is progress is never a straight line. Never. So we have ups and downs for sure. Mm-hmm. So one of the um, quotes that you have on your website says the violent crime statistics of the U.S. Virgin Islands are much higher than the national average, which is an important counterpoint here just to say that I I hate to say this, but there's probably a lot of people in the U.S., uh, mainland U.S., that doesn't always think about the Virgin Islands actually still being a part of the U.S., and clearly <laughs> it is. But But can you talk a little bit about that? You know, you'd think that you know, sometimes the perspective also is, you know, you guys have a beautiful place to live and it's, you know, it's a gorgeous environment because many of us only see it in, when we go on vacation. So, you know, what are the factors that are leading this to have such a higher um, rate of crime and, and you know, to the, the issues that you're seeing in terms of homelessness with people in this very vulnerable age group? What, what's going on there that, that we should be aware of? Sure. Well, we have lack of education, very limited employment and training opportunities, and then, you know, high rates of of poverty, which actually equates to the high crime rate and the uh, youth violence that you see on our islands. At MBW, for us, we've actually buried 24 young people over 11 years uh, that we've been in existence. So it, it really is life and death. Mm-hmm. is what we face here in the Virgin Islands, which you're right. We are known as America's paradise, yeah. America's playground, um, which it is. We have beautiful beaches and the waters are turquoise and the views are spectacular. The culture is wonderful and inviting. Um, mm-hmm. But then we have these, you know, pretty glaring things when you live here and, and you're around it. Mm. And yeah, so when you hop on and hop off of a of a cruise ship, and you only see those beautiful beaches and the gorgeous turquoise water, you don't always see what is reality for, um, you know, the, the people that live there day to day. And, you know, if you're struggling with this, this is, this is something that um, the more that you can intervene, obviously, the better, but it's still a, it sounds like it's still a big mountain to climb for you. 
It is. And, and of course, that's what Mind Brothers Workshop was designed and created to do was to intervene and um, hopefully prevent some incarcerations and some young people making some very poor decisions that have huge consequences yeah. that sometimes, you know, just affect the rest of your life. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we, we've become a leader in vocational training. And then every year we just try to figure out what's the next thing that we can do. So we opened up an alternative high school because more than half of our students didn't have high school diplomas even. Mm. Um, so we were able to open that up and they take online courses here in our, in, in the school, they have to come in even though it's online because we want to make sure that they're actually doing the work and that they're getting the help that they need. Mm, that's, that's fantastic. And so let's talk about this. You have several different ways that you are trying to intervene and support these students. So the online learning to get a high school diploma is one. Can you talk about some of the other factors? I know you have a cafe. I know you do some actual physical work. Um, I see a radio station. Talk a little bit about, you know, the different arms of how you reach out to these, these young people. Yeah, so one of the keys, obviously, is the vocational training part because, again, we've already mentioned it, everyone needs a job. And when you're a young person, you don't have any experience, and it's very hard to find someone who's willing to give you a chance <laughs> and train you. Mm -hmm. So that's a key component of our program is the vocational side, the vocational training side. So we have a workshop uh, on St. Thomas. We have a workshop on St. Croix. So they focus on carpentry and woodworking, electrical, plumbing, masonry, um, welding. We have a laser shop that can engrave. So they're focusing on manufacturing and uh, CAD programming and with the CNC lasers. Mm -hmm. And then we have a cafe and bakery. So culinary arts and customer service. Um, and we're just about to open up a marine vocational program that will start dealing with diesel engines and boat repair and maintenance. So it's basically picking occupations that they can find jobs uh, on the island or off the island. That's fantastic. What a great idea because it's such a huge part of your, your um, you know, the, the tourism opportunity, you know, from fishing boats to, you know, other kind of cruises going in and out and give these young people an opportunity to have a trade where they, they don't have to leave home in order to do, but they still then could if they wanted to. Absolutely. Cause that's the thing is, you know, if you train everybody and everybody leaves the islands, you're just weakening your base. Yep. And so you, you do want a few of the trainees to be able to stay. You do want a few of them to leave so that they can expand their horizons too. And, and realize that the world is awfully big. Right. So I think that's a that that's a great opportunity. It made me think about um, sometimes I do a webinar training um, into different youth group. There's a couple that I've done this with, and uh, but you know it's more on mainland U.S. and and I was just thinking about what a great opportunity also maybe to bring some outside speakers who can you know reach and talk about what they do and you know what other parts uh, what other positions and opportunities there are you know in the rest of the big global you know giant ball that we all live on to help them see beyond that too. I think that what a, what a great way to reach people who maybe have limited vision, meaning, you know, if you, if you, all you know is the island and all you know is maybe even, you know, these, these opportunities that, you know, they don't always see what else is out there for them. It might not even contemplate that. Sure. 
And then the other part of it that I, I feel like MBW is unique is that these training facilities act as social enterprises. So meaning that they are actual businesses that are operating. So our students are placed in simulated work environments. And then all of the products being sold through the training facilities to the public, those proceeds go right back into our, our program. So we, we're creating and generating income that helps sustain the longevity of the program. That's really smart because you've built in, yeah, your own opportunity to keep the program going and also have a sense of not only I'm uh, gaining skills and education and training, but I'm also for a sense of pride. There's got to be some of your graduates of this that, you know, look at this and see, hey, I helped build that part of this organization, meaning it helped me, but it, I know that I had something to do with helping other youth in the future. Absolutely. And, and all that's the key is whenever you can create something with your hands and look back, whether it's a pastry or a sandwich or, you know, a park bench or chess tables that they have in, in one of the local community areas that other young people come and play on. You know, every day when that student goes by, they have that sense of pride and, and that they knew that that was what they created. You know, you guys obviously were hit um, in, in an incredible way about this time last year. So I know that you guys have been doing a lot to help the community after the hurricanes. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how you organized and, and what you've done to help your community and, and use the force of your program in that. Yes, well, immediately after the storms, we knew that we had to help the community that had always supported us. So we converted the cafe and bakery into a feeding center. And we served over 37,000 meals in two months. Wow. Yeah, to the downtown community and then uh, to over 11 different uh, senior citizen facilities or group homes or people with special needs because not everybody was getting fed. Yeah. And then our workshop teams have worked on over 250 homes doing repairs and rebuilding um, even putting stairs back on or wheelchair ramps, you know, for individuals who, again, are a vulnerable population, meaning senior citizens or people with physical or, or mental disabilities. And, you know, so whoever needs the most help is who we are focusing on. Mm. And that's, then there's a, a added, com- you know, benefit in terms of your, uh, your program uh, participants to be able to say, you know, even bigger, I helped rebuild that house, you know, to yeah. see something that's been damaged. So, and to give other people their lives back, I'm, I'm assuming that's had pretty significant impact on their, you know, their sense of community. Yes. Uh, well, in a way, our young people have become heroes during some of what I would describe as the darkest days that I've ever had to encounter mm-hmm. living living in paradise. And that's got to be amazing because, you know, I just keep thinking about, you know, somebody who's been in a gang or they're living on the streets or they, you know, haven't had security in their lives and they're just rebuilding it. Then you have, you know, a natural disaster that no one can control. But then to be a part of something of the rebuilding and to look at your responsibility to, to your community, not just what, you know, what you see is, you know, because oftentimes our, our youth think it's all about them, but to really see about what they've done to help, you know, I think the lasting repercussions, even though it was a horrible way to get there, often, you know, leads people to really understand and feel a sense of being a hero as well as being recognized for it. That's got to be great. Yes. 
So um, we're going to take a, a quick break here, hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to have a couple more questions about uh, your organization, as well as some, uh, some personal reflections that I'd like to share. So we'll be back in just one moment. Do you want effortless lead generation at an extremely affordable price? Then you need to know about the Royalty Gem with an IE, not a Y. This breakthrough technology serves as a remote proximity marketing device, allowing you to reach customers and clients in a very unique manner. The Royalty Gem is a tiny wireless device that sends your message and website to every nearby Android phone up to a thousand meters away, depending on the gem you choose. I began using the Royalty Gem over a year ago. I spend $25 a month for a 100 meter radius, and my return on investment has been outstanding. I can change my marketing messages frequently as I like, but I most often use it to promote this very podcast. Whether I'm walking through downtown Philadelphia, through a busy airport, or even while dining out, my Royalty Gem, sitting in my purse, brings me hundreds of new listeners each month. To learn more, visit www.royalty.com backslash question mark AF equals shock your potential. And remember, that's royalty with an IE, not with a Y. This link will also be available on our websites at shockyourpotential.com, shockyourpotentialpodcast.com, and of course, via the show notes for this episode. Once again, visit www.royalty.com backslash question mark AF equals shock your potential to learn more about how Royalty Gem can help you to shock your business potential. Thank you for coming back. Today I'm talking with Jenny Hawks and she is with my brother's workshop. And uh, Jenny, as we talk about this and, uh, you know, being the executive director of an organization like this, this is it's got to feed your soul quite a bit. So, you know, do you have any, you don't have to share at all names, but, you know, do you have any good success stories to, to share about some of your graduates and, and what being a part of this has made to their lives? Well, yes. Well, that, that's what actually keeps you going is, is when you see a young person change their life and they have better opportunities. So I, obviously I've seen now a few hundred come through our doors, but there are a few that stand out. Um, there's one individual that when I met him, he was going to do some filming for us because we were creating some videos, you know, to capture the essence of who NBW <laughs> is. And I told him, you're going to have to smile when we do <laughs> when we do some of these shots. Oh, yeah. Um, because, you know, sometimes it's not cool for a young <laughs> man or woman to smile they like to kind of have the you know tough kind of look and and so I just thought he was one of those and I said you're gonna have to smile a little bit and he said I don't have anything to smile about and I my heart just sank and and later um, a week later he explained to me what that was and his mother died when uh, he was nine years old he had never met his father he met his father uh, at 16, the dad didn't even know his name, had to ask, what's your name? The uncle was raising him. Um, when he turned 18, the uncle wasn't going to be able to get any more checks to support him. So he said, I've now done my job. You need to leave. So we, we met this young man. He was staying on the couch of the, the high school principal. 
And um, so that he came as a referral. And um, so we were working with him. And of course, I agreed with him. Um, that's, that's a tough, you know, you've been rejected by everyone who was supposed to love you. So he was in our training program for about 14 months, and then he wanted to go up to New York and do uh, mortuary school, which is an interesting, yeah, very interesting <laughs> yeah, career I would, path. I would not have guessed that, but keep going. I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, and so we, we um, consulted with him first on your actual job choice and <laughs> why, <laughs> why are you choosing that? Um, and so then he, we helped him get up there and then he stayed in a hostel for a while. He got jobs. He just finished this month, his two year program. Um, and so he's going to move down to Florida and start his career. And th this is a young man that, um, he would send us his report cards and he was getting mostly A's and B's, maybe one or two C's. And I said, I'm very proud of you. Uh, and of course, I expect to see them every semester. And he said, no one's ever asked me for my report card. Oh. Oh. So he, you know, as someone who felt like he had no one, and then we were able to step in and kind of be, you know, his family. Yeah, absolutely. And what a, what a story to say, no one's ever asked for my report card. Right. You know, something that we take for granted, especially, you know, my son that wanted to bring his home to me. <laughs> right. I knew when it was coming, he's like, I don't know, I haven't seen it. I'm like, what's that in the back of your backpack? <laughs> right. It, it, it was because um, I have two kids myself. And, you know, of course, I've seen every report card that they've had. And I've been able to praise them when they've done well and help them when they're struggling. And so for someone like him, I, you know, I just... At first, I didn't know how to respond mm -hmm. because it was so shocking. Yeah, absolutely. I bet it, what an amazing story. It'll be interesting to see how he goes through it. I just have to ask, though, is there a reason he chose mortuary as his uh, career path? Well, you know, he's a very interesting young man as far as like how his mind works. His mm -hmm. big reason was people are always going to be dying. So there's always, <laughs> there's always gonna be a job. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he had looked up the um, pay rates of, of how much you could make. And so he said yes. um, that he thought he was okay with that. Um, so, mm -hmm. And he's now <laughs> had to go through many courses where, you know, he's had to do things that I don't think I could have ever done. <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fabulous because, you know, it's smart to say, look, there's always going to be a job. And, you know, to take the time to research what, what it pays. Uh, I actually, years ago, uh, hired somebody who worked for me when I was in the hearing aid industry, and he had been a um, mortician. And he, it was interesting, the dialogue with him, because I said, you know, uh, helping people to learn about their hearing and selling them hearing aids, it's very challenging. And he looks at me, starts laughing, and goes, you think that's challenging? <laughs> you know, like, I had to talk to people about caskets, you know, <laughs> and he said, but he, he said, you know, here's the one thing I know. If you really care about people, you will do well in both industries because you're really listening to people and you're helping them in a time of crisis when they didn't know. So given what he's gone through in his background, what a great opportunity for him to be a part of, you know, other people in a difficult time in their life. And, and that may be part of it too, you know, a little psyche in there. Mm -hmm. That's fabulous.
Well, Jenny, one of the things I always like to ask people, because I focus so much on the positive experiences that we have, I like to promote them. I think it's important that we share them and we talk about them. We highlight them when they're great. So I always ask everybody if there is a leadership, sales, or customer experience that you've been the recipient of that was so positive that it shocked you in a great way and has had an impact on you. Do you have a story you could share with us? Actually, I do. So it was right after the hurricane. Um, and th- this might seem simple to some, but you got to remember we were without power for months and we had a curfew. So you had to be home by 5 p.m. every evening. So when they started to lift the curfew and you could stay out a little longer um, and restaurants were opening back up. And so just I was working every day because of all of the work we were doing. And so one night we went out to dinner and there was this a young woman who was a server at one of the local restaurants. It's been here for decades and I had never eaten there even in the six years I've been living on island. And we went in there and she just served us so well. She acted like she knew us. And of course there was kind of that sense of community at that time. And she just, I mean, even the meal was wonderful. The service was wonderful. She was very attentive And then at the end, she was serving these little cappuccino type drinks to another table. And they just, it was around December, so the holiday season. And I just kind of pointed at him to say like, what, wait, what are those? Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me and she said, I got you. And I I just was like, okay, you're going to get a really good tip because... So it it was just, um, you know, just how it doesn't take much to have that human connection and, and change somebody's day. Absolutely. So during those times, again, they were very, very stressful and hard. And, um, you know, so just the little thing like that. Um, and now when we go back in, you know, her name is Lola. And, you know, so oh, we just always hug. That makes me want to sing a song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Her name is Lola. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> he, he is um, fantastic. I love that because it's such, you're right. It, it takes so little just to be human, but how much fun, and it, it could be so easy to have it be stressful. Like it's, you know, now we're busy again. We've got people here again. I've got so much on my plate and another table, but just that moment of saying, oh, you think this is cool? I'm going to make sure you have some of that. And that, those are um, experiences that I think that leave an impression and that make you want to go back, obviously. Absolutely. And that's the thing about, I mean, in, in everybody's work, if you can make that connection with someone, I don't care what job you're doing. Um, it, it, it is, it, it's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, then the last question I always ask everybody is, you know, because we all learn lessons through life. And I think it's always interesting to reflect on what we have learned in our lives. So if you could go back at any point in time to talk to the younger Jenny, what time would that be? And what would you tell her that would have shocked her potential farther, faster, or kept her on the exact same track that you ended up on right now? Well, I think I I feel like most people are going to say like their high school years. So kind of high school into college years to really go back there and tell myself, you know, it's okay that there's going to be issues or there's going to be problems, but you just got to take it one step at a time and every problem can be solved. Mm -hmm. You just have to um, 
you know, you have to stay with it and you have to think about all of the solutions. Um, I'm very solution based now, but I think it's because I've had some experiences that forced me to realize, you know, hey, when you think something's an impossible problem, it's not. You just have to think maybe a couple of different ways around it. And I've been through some really terrible, stressful things in business and then in my personal life. And and now that I'm out of it, I think, yeah, well, I made it. I survived because my mom would always tell me, well, you're going to make it through this too. And, you know, in the moment, you're just like, I wish you would just not talk to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell me everything's going to be fine because it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> well, you know, and a message that you have in there too is, is tackle, you know, tackle the one issue at a time in front of you. And surround it and then go on to the next. I think it's really important because in times of strife and struggle, it's really easy to feel overwhelmed and feel like it's not just this, it's this and that and the other thing. And oh my gosh, I'm buried under a mountain. Well, to get out from being buried under the mountain, you still have to move one rock at a time. And I remember I had one particular situation that when I owned my own um, property management company and it just, different things had happened and they had come together and I just thought, I'm not sure how we're going to get out of this, how we're going to fix this. It's like, you just thought there's nothing that we can do. Mm. And I remember my office manager leaning in, whispering with customers behind me as I was trying to figure out what we were going to do. And she said, what, what, what do we do? And I said, I don't know. (laughs) Just the moment of peace that I had for those few seconds of like, yeah, Yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. So, but then of course we, we did, we figured it out. Life went on, you know, it's a, it's a great thing for Mm -hmm. me to look back to now and, and realize that, you know, stuff is going to always come up. There's always going to be issues, always going to be stress. Uh, one of my doctors said the only people without stress are the ones in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to just be able to roll with the punches, even though that's a, you know, cliche. <laughs> that's true. It's true, but it's true. And I think it bears, you know, us all recognizing, you know, that it's it's about how you tackle it and you know it's going to happen. So just go with it. Absolutely. Jenny, this has been fabulous. Uh, We will have all your contact information on our show notes, but I do know that they can find you at mybrothersworkshop.org. Also, I know you have a Facebook page and uh, I think there's another, what, what other ways can people reach you? Twitter? So yes, um, we do have a Twitter account and we have a Facebook page for our cafe. So that's MBW Cafe and Bakery. And, you know, so we have the email or just anybody can reach out and want to know more about the program and what we're doing or even uh, vacation tips if you want to come down to the VI. Oh, very good. I like it. I know. I'm, I'm thinking it's time to come for a visit. <laughs> it, you know, we're, we're getting to the season where um, the Christmas winds pick up and oh. it's just gorgeous every day. So can't argue with that. Uh, Jenny, it's been a pleasure. Um, As we wrap up here, do you have any last words of wisdom or, you know, thoughts to share with my audience? I would just say, take one day at a time and don't stress um, because, and you can't worry because that doesn't help you with anything at all. That the problem is still there tomorrow. And then you've just worried about it, but (laughs) you know, find some good people that you can reach out to Um, Because I think it takes more than just one 
find mm-hmm. some extra family members, even if they're not related. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a great, I'm, I'm really impressed by what you guys are doing. And I think, I know I have a number of listeners that are in various nonprofit uh, entities around, around the globe, frankly, but a lot in the U.S. And, and uh, you know, every way we can tackle the issues within our own community, the better. And the more that we can network with each other to learn about what other organizations are doing, even if it might not seem like it is closely related in the beginning. I think there's all often opportunities for synergies when we just think creatively and open our minds for them. Definitely. Jenny, it's been great. Thank you so much. I look forward to keeping in touch and thank you again for being on Shock Your Potential. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees is available on Amazon and through my website. And look for my second book later this year, Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget, shock your own potential today. I'm excited to announce that the second edition of my book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, is now available on Amazon. To get a sneak preview and the first 10 pages of the book, text the words, Tell Me More, to 72000. That's 72000 and the words, Tell Me More.